says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everybody say self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. Everybody say in step. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Today I want to bring a message entitled, Leveling Up. Turn to your neighbor and say, Leveling Up. Hey, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We know it is alive. We know it is able and we know it is powerful. Jesus, help us to see you, understand you, and grab a hold of all that you have for us today. In your powerful name we pray. And everybody said, amen. When I first started running recently with a a guy in our church, there were some misconceptions that I had about, about running, about physical injury. Some of the misconceptions that I had were that running was really based on your body type, that only really certain number of uh, certain types of bodies and physical appearances, that those were the only ones that could actually be be runners and, and have a habit of running. That, that's not true. Uh, I thought that uh, the, the, the only way, I remember being taught years ago that when you are running, the proper way to breathe is in your nose and out your mouth, in your nose, out your mouth. But what I've learned is that if you can breathe, breathe. (laughs) And the more breath that you can get in one time, take it. If it's available, take it. In fact, there's not a really a wrong or right way to breathe. There's just you breathe when when you run. It's a a misconception that I have. I I had a a lack of understanding. I thought that um, the best way to run was to get your heart rate up and max it out and run at as, as, as... uh, high RPM as you possibly could with your heart rate because that was helping your heart grow strong. Uh, I learned that that's not true either. You could do some damage to your heart if you actually continued to exercise in that way. And it really wasn't until uh, he gave me, a friend of mine gave me a book, Running for Dummies, <laughs> that I began to understand some some things, some of these misconceptions. And the reality is when it comes to your spiritual stride of faith, when it comes to your walk of faith, when it comes to your fellowship with God and walking in step with the Spirit, I have found that so many people who love God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength lack some basic understanding as to who the Holy Spirit is and what He wants to do in their life. There's a lot of teaching. In fact, when we start talking about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, some of you like automatically start thinking back to traumatized moments and weird things that you've heard and stories and other things. And you're like, I don't, I don't know about this. And some of you are like the Holy who like, like, is that the weird uncle in the Trinity that nobody wants to talk about? We talk about God, the father, God, the son, and the Holy Spirit. We just kind of read over those passages and skip right through them. And We don't really know much about the Holy Spirit and the role that he wants to play in our life or the power that he wants to make available to every believer in their life. There are some things that we just don't quite understand. But like running and like everything in our spiritual life, there is a spot and a time where you learn some things, but then you've got to take some steps forward to learn some more things. 
where you can grow in your understanding. And today I want to help us grow in our understanding so that we don't limit the health and the strength and the vitality of our relationship with God. So we're not limited so that we're not living our life thinking that we need to live with max RPMs and getting our heart beating as fast as we possibly can and holding it as long as we can. And that's the best way to go about life. I don't want us to live with these misconceptions. I want us to live in a way that helps us move forward. See, because for so many of us, we've been taught that the role of the Holy Spirit was to help you get saved. And that's really all. Salvation is the starting point. It's not the finishing line. In other words, if God's entire goal for your life was to just get saved, if that was the goal, then the minute you get into the waters of baptism and you go down under those waters, we will just keep you there. So you can get to heaven because you have met your heavenly goal, which is salvation and to get to heaven. That's not the goal though. And aren't you glad that that's not how we baptize? I don't think our church would be growing if that was our approach to spiritual life. In fact, if you read in the Gospel of Luke and and also in the Gospel of Mark, you'll see the account of Jesus when he was baptized. The Bible says when he came up out of the water... It was then at that moment that the Holy Spirit came down, filled his life. And if you read in Mark 3, you kind of got to skip some genealogies in the middle because you kind of gets lost in that. But it talks about the baptism of Jesus. And immediately it says, and right after Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit, filled, filled with the Spirit, and walked in the power of the Spirit. In other words, Jesus started life as a man, emptied himself of all of his divinity, got into the waters of baptism at age 30, which tells me that if you're age 30 and you haven't been water baptized, it's not too late for you. There's a lot of life that happens between when you were sprinkled or dunked as a child and often the adult life that now you're living following Jesus. There are some years in there that sometimes you just need Jesus to redeem. And you make a fresh commitment and you begin to follow him. That's A-OK and important to do. But when Jesus came up out of the water, it was then the Holy Spirit filled him. And Jesus began to do his ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit. What, What happened? Jesus had an experience that helped him level up in his life. His spiritual life had this level up. A power up occurred in the life of Jesus that helped him do all of the things that he did on this earth. I know I'm going to blow some of your minds, but I want you to realize God, Jesus lived his life as a man empowered by the spirit, which meant that when Jesus said greater things you can do, he wasn't saying because you become divine as the son of God incarnate. He was saying, because I myself have become a man filled with the Spirit of God, and that's how I'm living my life. Jesus, when he spit on the ground and put, made mud and put it in the blind man's eyes, and his eyes were opened, that wasn't holy spit. That was human loogie. Like, that was all human, all man. <laughs> Nothing divine about that. And as he did it, He did it because he was prompted and compelled and led and filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God led him to do all of the things that we declare that was miraculous. 
Jesus experienced something that was a bit of a level up. God wants you to level up in your faith this year. I'm declaring that this is a year where you get to level up in the spirit of God. You get to level up in a life that helps you look more where, 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 where you're more loving and, and you're more kind and you're more faithful and you're more gentle of a person. You reflect more of who Jesus is in your life because you level up and make yourself more available to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Here, here's the big idea today. And we're going to walk through some things fairly quickly. And, and then, then I want to share some things with you. We're going to take some time for, for ministry here at the end. But, but here's, here's, here's the big idea for today. And that's this. That God gives us the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will always struggle to live the Christian life. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit who brings the fruit that looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's his fruit at work in your life. And those, the fruit of the Spirit that we read in Galatians 5, that is the description of of some of what it looks like to live the Christian life, to live self-controlled, to live patient, to live in a way that's kind and forgiving. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps your walk to level up. Now, this this term leveling up, it's a concept in games uh, in which characters kind of experience some sort of progression that usually entails unlocking new abilities, new skills, and access to new items, access to a new area of a game, or it's even a benchmark of how far into the game a character has progressed. So I'm using this language of leveling up, whether it be in board games or video games or, or something of those natures to help you understand that that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does in your life and in my life. He wants to help you unlock some new skills, unlock a new capacity inside of you. He wants to help unlock a new item that he wants to give you the gifts of the spirit. He wants to give you some new things to help you live this life in a way that honors God. The Holy Spirit, hear me, is in every believer the moment you say yes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God begins to enter into your life. But there is a filling a a taking over, an overflow, if you will, that only occurs when you choose to surrender and say yes. It it only occurs when you allow Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit. When when John the Baptist was preaching, uh, and, and he says, I'm preaching a baptism for the forgiveness and the remission of sins. And then Jesus showed up on the scene, and he says, behold... This is Jesus. He's the Lamb of God who who takes away the sins of the world. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's John the Baptist's words. He was a Baptist. And he said it. That's a little church humor for some of you folks. If you're kind of new to church, you're like, huh? It's all right. We'll, We'll fill you in later. You're not missing anything. Jesus is the one who baptizes us. Why? Because when you say yes to Jesus, his spirit moves in. 
It makes you new, makes you alive again. And there's something amazing that takes place in our spirit. So what does it look like then for you and I who have confessed our life to Jesus? If we want to live Galatians 5.22, how do we walk in step with the spirit? What does that look like? Let me give you three things today that that looks like. When we walk in the spirit, it means we are following his, in other words, the spirit's path. When we walk in the spirit, we're following his path. The path that God wants you on is not a selfish path. It's not a self-centered path. It's a path surrendered fully to him. It's a path where you can live in the complexity of being content, but yet not complacent. It's a path where you are content, not walking in comparison. There is a path that God wants you on to where you can live in this tension of, of being hungry for more righteousness, yet fully satisfied in Jesus. Have you ever experienced that? Where you, you just want more of God. There's something in you that's hungry. But at the same time, you would never say, oh man, God is, hasn't met my needs. God is meeting me. He's here. He's filling me. There, there is this, this tension often that we live in and it's good to live in. This ability to be content with where we are, but not become complacent and not moving further. When I started to run uh, again and started to exercise, there's something about being content with my progress without comparing my progress to somebody else's progress, but yet not staying in apathy over my progress, knowing that I can still do more. There's still a little bit more to experience. And the path that God wants us on is not a selfish path, but it's a path to where we become content and we resist comparison. Did you know that the language of comparison is criticism? In other words, if you find yourself criticizing someone else for any reason, if you find yourself being critical of another person or another experience, comparison has now begun to creep into your heart. We want to live content. We want to, we want to resist this trap to be uh, always comparing ourselves. To be complacent, though, is to reject apathy altogether. To, to, be, to be content is to, 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 to sit in a place where we're rejecting the, the, the idea of being apathetic, but to be complacent is to reject passion. And we begin to be apathetic towards the things of God, apathetic to the people of God in our lives, apathetic to the church, apathetic to what God is doing. We just kind of get, eh, it's the Holy Spirit, it's another church service, it's another thing. And we begin to be apathetic because we have somehow resisted the passion that we once had. The hope and the love and the drive that we once had. But to be satisfied is to accept a new purpose. God wants you to be satisfied. He wants you to be content. The path that the Holy Spirit wants you to walk in, when you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, you're walking in a way that allows you to be content, not complacent. As a church, we live with this tension. 
as a church, we are, we are content with what God is. We, 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 are, we are content and grateful for what God is doing, but we reject the idea that we need to sit back, to rest back, to lean back, and to become complacent or start comparing ourselves around the world and around our community. We, we reject that. We live in this tension that says we're going to be hungry for God, yet satisfied by His Spirit. We, we use language like we're going to live with expectation and gratitude. See, expectation is what helps us keep our passion alive, and gratitude is the language of the content. If criticism is the language of comparison, gratitude is the language of the content. And we're going to be content being grateful for what God has done, what we've experienced as a church in the last couple of years, but we haven't seen anything yet. We're going to stride forward in the power of the Spirit this year. Why? Because there's something more that we want to see God do. That's why last week in our online broadcast, I challenged everybody who's a part of Faith Church this year, go all in. Give one year of your life all the way over to the Lord and participate here. Go all in with what we have to offer as a church. Go all in. Go to catch the vision. If it's a Sunday and you're not out of town for vacation or for business, be here. Be a part. Don't let any other thing distract you. Be here. Go all in. Join a serve team. Begin to give. If you really want to level it up, join a connect group and really get into some relationships. Go all in. What might God do? The path of the person when we're walking in step with the spirit, we're walking in his path. And that's a path that says, God, I'm going all in. I'm always going to be hungry. I'm going to lean forward. I'm not going to lean back. I'm going all in with what God has for us. That's why on your seat, there's this heart for the house card. We, we, we don't want to be just content with where we're at. We want to take steps of faith moving forward. Our heart for the house is an opportunity for you to strategically uh, step into some generosity that allows us as a team to plan how we can expand and move forward. We, we talked about it last week. You can read a little bit more about it on our, web, on our central hub. I want to challenge you, if you're a part of Faith Church, if this is kind of your home space, I want to challenge you, level up this year in some generosity. Watch what God will do when you add a new level of surrender to Him when it comes to your heart of generosity. There are cards on your seat. Some of you have been able to go on our central hub and digitally make your faith commitment. I want to challenge you right here before you leave. Fill that out. Drop it in the box. It's not a covenant. It's not a contract. We're not going to hound you down. We're not going to have our goons knock on your door if, if uh, for some reason you, you, you didn't meet the commitment that you had initiated that you really want to do. It's just a statement of intent. It's a statement of your faith to say, this is how I want to partner. This is something above and beyond I want to do to see the mission and the movement of God move forward. It's one thing that we can do as a church. We want to go all in. Why? Because we are walking in the path of His Spirit. What does it look like to walk in the Spirit? Here's the second thought today. When we walk in His Spirit, we find His purpose. When we're walking in step with the Spirit, we discover His purpose. Uh, it's an interesting verse, and it seems a little out of place, but in Galatians 5, in verse 26, is the last one we read. I want to highlight it for you. It says this. It says, Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. There is a purpose that God has for you to walk in step with the Spirit. The whole entirety of the book of Galatians was really written 
by Paul to this church because at that time in that region, there was some racism and spiritual elitism that was taking place. Now, I know we can't relate to that here in America, but let's imagine for a minute that maybe possibly we could relate. The problem was they were telling other people there was this elitism that said you have to be justified by your works. You've got to do certain things. You've got to clean up your life. You've got to live a certain way in order to really be where God wants you to be and to really belong with our crew. You've got to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. And the Apostle Paul was saying, no, 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 listen, you're not justified by your actions. You're justified by your faith in Jesus. And so he was talking to this whole group of people saying, hey, listen, you're justified by faith in Christ so that you can live in community with the other believers. Whether Jew or anyone else, you can live in community with them because we all started in the same place. We have to be justified by faith. And so it levels the playing field. And when the Spirit of God is in you, the whole purpose is so that we can live in community. Let me say it in faith church lingo for you. The whole reason we want to walk in step with the Spirit is because when we walk in step with Spirit, we make an intentional decision to make room for more people to belong. We make more room for people to belong. That's why, as a church, starting next month in the month of April, we're launching two Sunday morning services. Why? Because we are making room. Because we know we've been justified. We've been made right by God, just like every other person is. And everybody needs a place where they can belong. Everybody needs a place where they can discover the life of God, discover hope in Him. So we're, we're starting that. And why? Because we recognize that if we're going to walk according to the purpose of the Spirit, that means we are living and making more room for more people to be at the table, more people to come and hear the message of truth, more people to come and walk in His purpose. We, we want to live in such a way that says people who are far away from God have a place that they know they can find a life-giving encounter with God. That is our church. Faith Church is a place where every person knows we've been justified. We all started in the same place. We all get to the same place by the Spirit's Word. And so it doesn't matter if people are super familiar with the things of God. They're going to find that this house is a place that is an oasis of His presence that awakens their heart to move forward and experience more. And we know that this is a place that people who have fallen away from their faith in God. They, they went to church maybe growing up and then got offended because something happened or somebody did something and, and treated them in such way or they saw a family member mistreated or, or they just walked away. They began to be addicted and led away in life and they did the wrong things. And for whatever reason, they find themselves in a state where they just know they should be in church, but they're falling away from church. This is a place those people can belong to. To find the unconditional love of God and a place to begin or restart a journey with God. Why? Because when we're filled with His Spirit, we recognize that there's a purpose to it. It's not for our entertainment. We're not filled with the Spirit so that we can walk around saying, I got the power! Some Bruce Almighty moment. No. We know we've been given His Spirit without measure to help reconcile and bring other people in. That's why we make room for more people to belong. Somebody should say amen. Here's, here's the last thing today. When we walk in the Spirit, we flow with His power. When you're walking in step with the Spirit, His Spirit, His power flows in and through you. 
It flows in and through you. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. Jesus had left. Disciples were hanging out in a room because that's what he told them to do, and they were obedient disciples. Jesus was gone. Fifty days after he had been crucified and risen, they're hanging out on the day of Pentecost. And as they're hanging out in this room, this upstairs second floor loft, the Bible says the Holy Spirit showed up. And in Acts 2 verse 4, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the part everybody likes to ignore. And they began to speak in other tongues. When you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and flow through you, one of the benefits, one of the extra gifts, one of the level ups that come along with the fullness of the Holy Spirit is a personal grace of a prayer language that often is referred to as praying in tongues. Paul would write to the Corinthian church and says, listen, I wish y'all would pray in tongues because y'all are crazy. And y'all need to be leveled up on the new power of the Spirit because y'all don't really, there's some stuff going on, y'all got to sort out and only the Spirit can help you discover it. You're facing some obstacles that only the power of the Holy Spirit will help you overcome. There's a leveling up that occurs when the Holy Spirit begins to show up and move in our lives. They were all filled. How many of them were filled? All of them were filled. They were all filled, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I believe that God wants to fill every believer with His Spirit and bring gifts and bring a prayer language that enables you to live the Christian life better than you can live it on your own. Some of us, we've been struggling, but it's time to level up. It's time, time to level up. Let, let, me, let me give you a, an illustration. No, I am not making coffee for everybody. Uh, no, I am not making everybody a latte. But, but I do have my home uh, latte machine here with me. And I want to use this as an illustration to help you understand this principle of the Holy Spirit, how he is in our lives. But it's up to us to allow him to fill our lives. And when he fills our lives, there's something that begins to overflow from our lives called the life and the power of God. And when you're walking in step with the Spirit, you are not only having the Spirit of God in you, but he fills you to overflow, helping you live an overcoming victorious Christian life. Not defeated, not subpar, not without power, but full of the power of the Spirit. So I've got with me a kind of a a carafe or a beaker, if you will. And uh, I've got some milk, organic 2%. Don't judge my 2%. I don't judge. It's not vitamin. It's not whole milk. So back up. All right. Just hold up. I know some of you are like, ah, it's got to be organic and almond and unsweetened and y'all can keep it. I don't even like milk except when I'm drinking coffee. So back up. That's how it rolls in my household. Anyways, I don't know why I got into that. Let's take this. When you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. Everybody see that? He moves into your life. The Holy Spirit moves in. How many of you would say that this milk is in this, 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 this glass jar? For lack of a better term, I don't know what I should be calling this. 
Sure, somebody will send me a text or an email like they did with the, my soybean comment last Sunday. <laughs> if you don't know, go back and listen online. Praise the Lord. There's grace in the house of the Lord. Amen. Y'all love your pastor. I know you did. Listen, you said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit moved in. Would you say that the Holy Spirit has filled this container yet? There's other room for other things in there, isn't there? How many of you know when you said yes to Jesus, all of your problems didn't go away? You still had a lot of space that was occupied by other things. But when you go to Jesus and you say, Lord, I am content with what you did, but I'm still hungry for more. I'm still hungry for more. There's more of you that I want to experience in my life. There's more of you that I want to have in my life. I'm tired of being tempted. I'm tired of always feeling like I got to lie. I'm tired of feeling like I got to cover it up. I'm tired of feeling like I don't have the power that I need to live this life. I feel helpless. I'm trying to live by your standards, Lord, but there's something missing. I'm just hungry for more. I'm content, but I'm hungry. I'm satisfied, but I'm hungry. Uh, There's something else. I, I pray, but sometimes I don't know how to pray. Sometimes I want to share my faith, but I don't have the boldness to share my faith. Is this making sense? Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in there. He's doing a new work, but there's more that he can do. And so when we go to the Lord, when we go to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit. It's like taking this frother right here that's connected to a power source outside of our own. Come on, I'm about to preach. I know the Lord's on this message. Listen, it's connected to a source different than ours. It's got some power connected to it. Some of you need power, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up, comes up, comes up, comes up. Because in you is the Spirit, but you need to allow the Spirit to come up a little bit more. You need Him to fill you a little more. Ephesians 5 says to be being filled with the Spirit of God. Singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with one another. Making music and melody in your heart to the Lord. John seven thirty eight says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. 2 Timothy 1, 6, 1, 6 says stir up the gift of the spirit that's already, come on, somebody say, stir it up, stir up the gift. Ephesians 6, 8 says to pray in the spirit. What's he saying? He's saying, pray in your heavy language, pray, pray in tongues, pray in that language that God gave you when he filled you with the spirit. I haven't added any more to this cup, to this glass beaker, but it's only a matter of us allowing the spirit of God to do a work that fills us full to overflow. And it keeps going. Ephesians 6, 8 says, pray in the spirit. Jude verse 20 says, he or she who prays in an unknown tongue edifies, encourages, builds up itself. It builds up. Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And when you say, Jesus, I want you to fill me, he begins to go in and stir up and say, here it is. Without measure, the Spirit is going to increase and you are going to decrease. The Spirit of God is going to fill you and you're going to have less of you, more of him. How many of you could use a little less of him, uh, less of you and more of him? Come on. Now, I want you to notice, just notice, Trying to save my drips here. Hold on. Would you say this is more filled or less filled than it was before? It's more filled. 
Because when you say yes to the Holy Spirit and you say, Jesus, I want you to fill me, he begins to fill you up. And one of the things that he gives you, one of the gifts that come along, one of the benefits in the packages is the prayer language that comes from heaven available to you. All you have to do is ask and yield to it. It's not weird. There's a lot of things that have been done weird that people have blamed the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. Said it again and again. I've met a lot of them. I might be related to some of them, but that's for another subject for another day. Listen, when you allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit, there is less room for your sin. Right? There's less room. There's less room for your arrogance. Why? Because the Spirit of God has filled you. There's, there's less room for you to be argumentative all the time with your spouse. Why? Because you're more filled with the Spirit. Do you realize that God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could be filled to overflow? And if I would have kept going with that frother, it would have just kept bubbling up and over. It would have been like this belly, this, this river, this bubbling, gushing geyser. And it would eventually just spill over. But milk sours. The Holy Spirit doesn't sour, but this milk would sour. And so we, for the sake of cleanliness, decided to hold off on a minute. But if I would have kept going, it would have overflowed. Friends? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, when I spend time praying in my prayer language to the Lord, I'm less tempted to sin. In moments when I'm tempted to sin, I know it shocks you that your pastor would be tempted to sin. But y'all, I'm human. I'm not perfect. I lash out in anger sometimes, say things I don't want to say criticize when I shouldn't criticize have to deal with thoughts that aren't pure or of the Lord and when I pray in the spirit I stir back up what God has put in me and whatever has been allowing that that those thoughts that anger those things to fill me all of a sudden it has to dissipate why because I feel myself back up that's why Ephesians says to be being filled continual filling continual filling Listen, I know some of you, this whole tongues thing, is a whole new thing. That's why this week, on the central hub for our reading plan, instead of doing a version Bible plan, we've created, and I've linked in, I think it's six different messages. I want you to watch one of those every single day this week. From a pastor in Texas, Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church. He did a series called The God I Never Knew, talking about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. You will find it incredibly biblically accurate and life-giving. One video every day. There's also a, a reading plan that you can do along with it. You'll find that attached to the bottom of that card on the hub. But I want to encourage you, take a step and allow the Spirit to... If this is new to you, listen, get more understanding. I thought about calling this sermon the idiot's guide to the Holy Spirit, but decided to go with a more positive idea and call it leveling up. I want to help you grow in your understanding. Some of you, you've heard about the Holy Spirit. You know what he can do. Some of you, you were once filled, but over time you stopped using your prayer language. You stopped using the things that God has done. 
and it settles back down. Some of you need to get back under the frother and allow the spirit to refill you today. You need to reignite the ability and that gift to pray and to sing and to to, to move in in the spirit. You just need to, to reignite it, restart it. I want to read you a testimony. And then we're going to stand and we're going to pray. It's from a friend of mine who attends a church. Her and her husband at a conference this weekend. But she wrote down her testimony. This is from Stephanie Flanner. Her and her husband, Kevin, are part of our team. He hosts Lead a Connect group. This is her testimony. I grew up knowing the Holy Spirit was a part of God. I grew up knowing what the Holy Spirit did in the Bible times, but didn't grow up thinking that it still happened. It was weird when I heard about speaking in tongues and the only experience I had with someone speaking in tongues was that weird smelly guy at church that would say a bunch of stuff I didn't understand and then that same person would tell us what it meant. Um, Yeah, the weird smelly guy lost me to thinking that it was even possible to do this. Even more possible to be weird and still have a prayer language. That was over 20 years ago. That is terrifying to say. But really for me, it has been a process ever since I accepted Jesus into my heart and truly felt the presence of the Holy Spirit for myself. It wasn't something I had ever experienced before. It was during worship. It was raw, but very real. But it never went further than that. An encounter where I would allow myself to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit was actually rare. Yes, I said, allow myself to feel. I squelched the Holy Spirit. I put him in a suitcase that was far too small for him. You know, when you sit on one end, start to zip, jump on it, praying you don't break it and anything. And then you zip some more, jump some more, zip some more, jump some more. And the process until the suitcase is fully closed. And just for good measure, that zipper that allows you to open up the top for a little more space, you zip that one down too. Because it has to fit in the small box at the airport. Or because, you know, you got several kids that there's no extra room for anything extra in life. This was me with the Holy Spirit. I kept him in the suitcase. There was rare rare occurrences when I would unzip the top part and give him a little more breathing room or maybe unzip it a bit to, to grab something I needed from the top. But after I got what I thought I needed, zipped it back up to, the, to secure everything inside and make sure nothing leaked out. I continued to do this until just recently. I honestly got to the point I was terrified of what would happen if I fully surrendered to what God could do in my life through the Holy Spirit. Barriers of speaking in tongues or having a personal prayer language were broken down when I began to first meet Kevin. He wasn't the weird smelly guy that I remembered years ago. He talked about it openly and unashamedly, but he never pushed it on me. Don't get me wrong. There were times in life where I would make decisions and knew that God was fully there, but I never gave the Holy Spirit the credit. When I was asked why I did something, I have a particular answer if I didn't. And I would just say, yeah, God did. Which, don't get me wrong, that's not a bad answer. And sometimes there are practical reasons. But a lot of times, by being so practical, we take away the little nudges the Holy Spirit gives us. In all my years, I never dove into what or how we are guided by the Holy Spirit. Over the last couple of years, I've learned that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he will meet you where you are at. For years, meeting me where I was at was using my quote-unquote gut feeling. 
or my moral compass. About five years ago, I started on a journey, though, and never thought I would. And with that journey, I was introduced to so much personal growth that almost hurt. Took my boxes that I had created for my life and it broke them wide open. Took how I spoke and shifted these words that came out of my mouth and the thoughts that I think, but I continued to struggle with fully surrendering to God and what he had for me. The sad thing was that I was okay with not experiencing it fully because I was scared of what it would do to me. I wanted it, but didn't at the same time. This is the battle I've had over the last few years. So I would look at any way to figure out how exactly I could get to a point where I could then learn how to speak in tongues in my private time with God. As a reader, I had a friend who said there was a book that had helped her husband open up to speaking in tongues. And, and I immediately thought, this is what I need, a book, perfect. Nope, it wasn't what I needed at all. What I needed was to actually let the practical part of my mind just go for a minute and choose faith instead. I needed to fully surrender to the process God was taking me on. Little by little, I will unzip the suitcase. One big step I made was getting baptized again. It was a decision I had been battling for a while and finally surrendered to. Out of obedience, I was baptized last fall. And since, I finally opened the suitcase fully and opened myself up to allowing the Spirit to flow through me in such an intimate way I can't even start to explain what it was fully like when I relinquished control that I had been gripping onto for so many years. I would love to write a how-to book, but the truth is the journey is yours. The Holy Spirit was a gentleman. And when I finally surrendered to hearing his voice, walk in obedience, the outcome was more than ever I could have asked for. I'm the type of person that doesn't like to do things I'm not good at. I don't like bowling because I'm not good at it. And I didn't allow the spirit to speak through me because I thought it would make me weird and I wasn't going to be perfect at it. As a speaker, a speaker I heard this week said it best, we don't want to perfect, we don't want the perfect to be the enemy of the good. What a great way of looking at our faith. We aren't perfect and that is okay. It was during our 40 days of prayer Stephanie decided one night to draw a circle in her living room and say, Holy Spirit, I'm not getting out of this circle until you fill me to overflow. And the Holy Spirit filled her, released her language where she's able to pray and talk with the Lord in a powerful way, build herself up and pray in the Spirit. Friends, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me?